0: That was an auspicious start. I heard nothing, not even voices from the dead. So anyways, I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, knowing one's own Van Helsink, and see what happens when the end's not here, the whole thing goes to hell. And speaking about that, my computer just crashed right in front of my eyes. I think the spirits are having some fun with me tonight. But anyways, uh, for those who haven't seen it, um, we are now broadcasting uh, live on uh, TV, the the radio show, so it's still broadcast uh, on Tojinet Pararek's Ghost Channel and beyond the audio, but we also have uh, a video as well, which is broadcast over the air in uh, several towns and also over the web on the TojiNet site and also the East Bridgewater Community television site. So you not only get to listen to us, but you get to see us as well, which is, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but uh, we've done four shows now. The first show we had was uh, Steve Parsons from, from the U.K. with Cal Cooper, and uh, then we had uh, Jeff Belanger... Uh, Mike Marquardt's the EVP specialist, and last week was the great Biano, who is a uh, Houdini student and an escape artist. And uh, it was pretty cool. And he did a uh, a live escape or whatever they call it, over the air, which was kind of cool. But I do have to tell you a funny story, because after it was all over, he brought with him oh, all kinds of... Uh, all kinds of, uh, ooh, I guess you would say handcuffs in different holding devices. And uh, and uh, so at the end, all, all the people of the crew started going around, play with them, and they put it in their uh, hands and so forth. And then one of them, uh, a young lady, uh, put a set on, and then when they tried to take it off, they couldn't get it off. Uh, which was, you know, kind of awkward, but it was even awkwarder because, if even awkwarder is a word, um, her parents were there. And even worse than that, her father was a policeman. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of interesting. But another student was able to use the key on it, and she escaped. So... That was, uh, was kind of cool. You didn't see that on the show. That happened after the show, but anyways. So, uh, you know, next month we, d- we do these live broadcasts uh, on uh, video broadcast or TV broadcast, whatever the hell it's called, um, every first show of the month. So the next one, I believe, is February 5th. So that looks uh, pretty cool. But anyways, tonight um, Ann is off to the Faith Painting Conference someplace, wherever that is, and I've got to reboot my computer, but uh, its uh, it, I'm flying solo tonight, so let's put it that way, but anyways, I do have a great guest, uh, she's a young lady who I met, uh, actually, uh, I don't remember how I met her, but she is a medium, and she specializes in uh, table tipping. And she is none other than Cheryl, I always get messed up with her last name, Kennedy? Yes. Did I get the right one?
1: Yes, you're right, Cheryl Kennedy.
0: Hi, Cheryl, how are you?
1: Hi, good, thanks. Chisholm is my maiden name, and so that's why you see that once in a while.
0: I'm so confused, and it doesn't take (laughs) much, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) And we met at Circles of Wisdom in Andover at the bookstore. We did? Yes, that's how we met. And I um, worked with you then on the seance, but initially we met at Circles of Wisdom.
0: Okay, and I've worked a couple times with you, uh, and I like you because you're you know you're down to earth, you're grounded. I guess is what Maureen used to always say, and and mm-hmm. and I really like that in a person. I, I hate people who are phonies that that pretend they're somebody who they aren't, and they. Oh, they look all important and holier than now. and you're not like that. You're, you're very grounded, and I, and I love working with you.
1: Thank you. I think one of the things you and I have in common is one day we had that conversation about the fact that, like you, I am a skeptic first. When somebody mm-hmm. says to me, I have photos, there are orbs, there are spirits, you have to consider all the other things it might have been before you agree that it's spirits. So um, I think that you have to consider, was it a coincidence or was it spirit? you know, things like that?
0: I, I agree, and uh, uh, the, the other thing is um, when, when I met you you actually go to the or, or did go to the spiritualist church, is that correct?
1: Yes, my training came from the first spiritual temple that was in Brookline. Um, oh, yeah. Right now the church is closed. I don't know what their plans are going forward. But that's where I went for, I think, 12 years, sitting in a development circle, and it was the best training. They were extremely strict, and they trained us just as you would be trained if you were in England. They were very, very good.
0: Like Arthur Finley?
1: Yes, exactly, that type of training. You know, we sat in a circle. You stood to give a message, and the reason for that would be if somebody calls you and your phone rings, what do you do? You pick it up. So when spirit comes to make that connection, you stand up. Um, and you could, we were very, they were very strict about ensuring that we gave details and we didn't carry on and linger on in the message for too long. And we didn't accept the message from spirit and start to work it in our minds before standing up to deliver it. You, you acknowledge the spirit was there, but you didn't begin to receive their message till you stood because the message isn't for you. And if you think about it too much, you start to interpret or attempt to interpret and then you've changed the message, or you may have changed the message.
0: Oh, that's that's actually a good point because I believe that does happen. Is is we begin to, I mean, and our mind does that. The, the longer we have something, the more you know. Our mind is a very funny thing. It it wants to put order and neatness and try to figure it all out. So that's what happens if you get farther and farther away from event, uh, the, the vent and the things that actually happen. Uh, change in your mind's eye. You, you swear exactly. that it happened that way, but it really didn't because your mind begins to put order and in, in, uh, make logic to it.
1: Right, and if spirit's trying to share with you an experience that they shared with the sitter, you didn't share that experience, so you're going to try to make it work in a way that you understand it, and it's not about you. And my best, um, best experience, I guess I'll use to say that Spirit will do what it needs to do to get the message understood. When I was first sitting in circle and I was asked if the spirit who I was presenting could give me their name, and I'm not clear-audient, so I don't hear. I'm more clear-sentient. I just feel and sense it. Um, So I was asked for the name, and I went back to spirit, and I said, you know, could you give me a name? Well, I didn't hear anything, so I said, no, I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything. And then afterwards, I said when I asked for the name, I didn't get a name. But you know, all I got was they showed me my mother's china cabinet from when I was a kid, and I could see all the crystal shining and sparkling with the light. And the woman mm-hmm. said that that spirit's name was Crystal. Oh, and that that what I should have that. done, yeah. So for anyone that's out there working and developing their mediumship, whatever you get, say it. It doesn't have to make sense to you. What I should have done at that moment was say. I'm not getting a name. They're showing me a China cabinet with crystal in it because that would have cinched the message. They would have gotten that. So they will They'll do what they need to do to get the message across.
0: It's interesting in that, uh, you know, I, I have my paranormal study group, which meets at the Circle of Wisdom once a month every Thursday. In fact, next Tuesday is we're meeting again. And you came in one uh, – actually, you've come in a couple times uh, – Mm-hmm. I remember one of the first ones is we did uh, basically a uh, spiritualist séance And you told everybody that, you know, just stand up when you have your message and, and tell us what it is and, you know, it's there for someone. And if you know who it is, then you, you were to walk in front of them, I believe. That's how it went, right? Yes.
1: Yep. If you know who it is, identify who it is. But otherwise, just kind of work with the spirit and with the crowd and you'll be able to identify them. Now, the training I had, which is similar to the training that they have in England, was that when we were in that circle there at the First Spiritual Temple and we stood with a message, we had to identify our sitter. We couldn't just say, I have an elderly gentleman here. We had to stand up and say, Ron, I have an elderly gentleman here that would like to see you. So they really pushed us. To make that connection to know where to go, you had to learn. Some part of it is just having blind faith that the spirit is guiding you to say and do the right thing.
0: Right. I mean, the, yeah. that's when it, when I first started working with Marlene years ago, and, and she would come up with the most crazy stuff to me, and and I was always like almost embarrassing for her, like you know, uh, don't say that, you know, that doesn't make sense, and and she would say it, uh, she would just say it, and then. There was a message there. People got the message, and it was like, "Oh my God!" You know, there's some truth to this. What is going on? You know, right. it, it, the stuff didn't didn't was out of context. It didn't make sense at all. But it was meant for someone, and they knew who who it was and what the message was. It was so interesting, and and that's what I I, I like about the whole spiritualist thing. I find it very intriguing. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of fraud in it, and and. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I know the spirituals are a little bit defensive, but it is. I mean, it is what it is. There was fraud mm-hmm. in the, the paranormal world is for Yeah, I mean, look at the first paranormal photographer, uh, you know, Mumbler, which you know he was a fraud as well. And but it is. But it, it's so much intriguing stuff that if you can get by all that crap, it's it's really really. I mean, I, I just absolutely love it. And, and I love physical mediumship as well. I mean, we tried a red light seance also at the, the, the uh, study group with you. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, I do. Yep, that was a lot of fun too. Yeah. And actually, we did do that at the study group. And mm-hmm. um, one of the comments that I think I may have made to you afterwards, it was the first time that I made any effort to lead any kind of a uh, physical mediumship or a red light group. And what I really took away from that, that I know thinking back, we learned while we were at the First Spiritual Temple, was uh-huh. if you're sitting for physical mediumship, you're sitting for physical, not evidential. So don't let, don't get off track and start giving any messages or allowing someone to be giving messages about feeling a spirit near them and, or, you know, delivering to somebody a message uh-huh. that's more of the evidential nature because... You're, it can take a long time before you get any evidence from a physical circle, but you really have to focus just on the physical.
0: And, and that's what I wanted to ask you about in a red light seance. If they, there's more of a, it's more of a leadership role in there. Is isn't a medium like a, a leadership role where, as the other spiritualist circle, we were talking about, everyone who was involved in giving messages.
1: Correct. In the physical mediumship circle, there is most typically, at least the way that I learned, there's one medium that is sitting for the evidence. So they're sitting to be the um, individual that spirit's going to work through. And everyone else is really just sharing their energy into the circle. And the um, spirit will demonstrate through that one medium, whether it's transfiguration, where you see another face come over their face, or it could be seeing objects move. But there's one anchored medium that they're working with.
0: Yeah, and, and that's intriguing. And, and and I love the uh, the physical stuff. I really do. I mean, I, the, the uh, bell chiming, the uh, the horn or the trumpet, um, with some of the other stuff, like uh, the bell, the trumpet. Uh, oh, help me out here, Cheryl.
1: Um, levitation. Um, oh, I've yeah. I've seen yeah. a lot of levitation. Knocking. Uh, the transfiguration.
0: Knocking. knocking. Oh, voice, yeah. Yeah.
1: Direct voice when they actually speak through the medium. We yep. actually, you and I had a short conversation about attempting to um, get a circle together that would sit just for that. I think we should do that.
0: I think it would be a great idea. I, I, I am so so intrigued with it. I, I really am. And and people say, oh, you know, you're supposed to be a scientist. You're supposed to be a you know a paranormal investigator. Why are you get involved with that stuff? And and you know what? It's easy to criticize something if you don't study it. You know, mm-hmm. if you yeah. don't really, you know, it just say, oh, you know, I read it on Wikipedia that it's a bunch of bull. It's like, oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, you know, really to to learn about it and to experience it, I think is is extremely important. And and I I think that happens a lot of times in the uh, the lack of that in in the paranormal world is that we dismiss so many things. Uh, without really attempting to do any, you know, extensive studying on it. And I, I don't mind just trying it once or twice and say, oh, it works, doesn't work, whatever. Uh, you know, do it under controlled conditions if you can to do it and document it. Uh, to me, that that's the way to do things.
1: Yep, and I think that, and patience, especially with the physical mediumship. Oh, yeah. It yeah. takes a lot of patience.
0: Yeah, and and I have to laugh because you do another thing, which is physical mediumship, which is table tipping.
1: Yes, my favorite. I love that.
0: Table tipping. I which love is the
1: table way- tipping.
0: I know you do, and it, it, it's intriguing, and a lot of people, in, in fact, I had on the Ghost Chronicles um, Morning Edition uh, just this week, I had uh, Teresa Lally. Uh, I think you know her, right?
1: Yes. Yep, that's actually... Um, I had done table tipping at the temple, but I took a um, one-day seminar with Teresa Lally, and that's where I expanded my experience with table tipping.
0: Yeah, and, and I had her on the show, and, and we talked a little bit about her, a lot about her, actually. But uh, one of the things that I noted in table tipping is that the participants seem to come away with so much from it uh, emotionally. Uh, you know, they they really seem to be a, attached to you know whatever comes across the, the table I mean it, mm-hmm. you know it's an experience for them a, a, a spiritual experience
1: and it is if you sit with a medium and you get a message from a loved one that's a nice experience for you you've heard that message you received it they told you something that's evidential so you walk away believing it when you sit at that table whether the spirit that came to the table was for you or for someone else you're experiencing it you feel the table change, and you see that table move. Those people sitting around that table would have had to practice for thousands of hours to sink their efforts to move that table in that way. So you know there's just no way. There's no way that somebody is faking it. It's for real, and the spirits are moving it, and it's awesome. It's You know,
0: I'm I'm so critical of it. Cheryl, because it's such a small table, and, and I, I think you can manipulate it, and, and that's just, you know, that's the, the, the uh, skepticism in me, but, yeah. you know, I was there one time, and I believe, uh, I think you were the one that was doing it, uh, there were like three people on the table, and you always ask, do you have a message for someone, and a table points to them, and she usually, or hugs them, as they call it, it usually goes into mm-hmm. the lap of the person, right? And yeah. And... There was I think three was on the table and then the table went in between people. And and it did several times and it and there was a person standing there. It was his first time to the paranormal study group. Never knew this guy at all or whatever. And nobody else did in the room. And do you remember this at all?
1: I do. I remember it's the first time we did the table tipping that I did table tipping with your group. And they want the spirit wanted that guy who was sitting off to the side. He had yep. never been to your group he had never done anything with a medium had never done anything like this he came along with somebody else as a guest and the table wanted him and eventually he sat to the table and the table tapped out like his grandfather's name i think it was and gave him dates and it was amazing
0: That's the amazing thing. And and I noticed the cat in the uh, Pararex chat room. She says, what's the point of table? It's like the Ouija board. You can subconsciously tip it. But the interesting thing about it, yeah, maybe you can subconsciously tip it. But like, for instance, in this case, the table came out with all kinds of information about this guy's grandfather. Like I said, no one here had known this guy at all. I had never even seen him before. And all the stuff that that came through and it was absolutely dead on and we're not talking like you know stuff you got like a 50 50 chance of getting it was pretty uh clear stuff you know like color of his eyes color of his hair uh blah 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 I mean think where well, did he wear glasses did he did it, did it you know it was really really right on and and to me I, I found that intriguing I, I really did and, and you know, it's easy to dismiss to say, "Oh yeah, yeah." You know, you know that everybody subconsciously. Yeah, I understand all about physical mediumship and and the the motor uh, reflexes and everything else. I mean, psychologists throw that all the time. But let me tell you this: not not one of the parapsychologists. Uh, who use that as an excuse can tell you which muscles or which uh, nerves that are subconsciously moving the pendulum, moves them, moving the table. No one has ever done a study on it, and and they really should. I mean, it's easy to throw this crap out here without backing it up. And, uh, and you can. You can, you know, like I said, that's one of the things I've always, you know, uh, was wary about table tipping. But when you get an instance like that where, where it's so much information comes through, and and it's not well-known information, that it's really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, and um, I have to say, adding that somebody said, you know, that um, your mind can make it happen. I agree with that 100%. If I work with my pendulum, I never trust my answers because I am so afraid that, even though I didn't do it consciously, no matter how hard I tried, I influenced my answers. So if I really have an important question that's a personal one, I usually will ask a friend, ask you know get the answer to question number three. And that way I don't know what they're working with and they give me an answer. Same exactly. thing with the table tipping. I'm always looking around. The fact that I sit at the table with complete strangers and they give information that I don't know and mm-hmm. you wouldn't know, Yet the the table has tapped out that information. It must be accurate. I wouldn't be. I couldn't guess at it and get it right. Nor could you. So it must be spirit.
0: Yeah. The interesting thing is is you know, Kat's. I. I, She's really a a skeptic, and and she says, couldn't the guy uh, at the table possibly tipping it? Uh, You know, I I suppose that's a policy. But I mean, it's it's when you're there, it's you, you but have you to, have look to at
1: experience him. it. Yeah. Exactly,
0: you have to look at his facial expressions. You have to see I mean, as the answers are going, the reluctance uh, of him even doing these things. Uh, yeah, we could be duped. I mean, you could always be duped. We can, you know, it, sure. it's like it's like um, the pendulum. You brought the pendulum up, and, and I, I always teach pendulum as part of my paranormal CSI course. And it's not important whether. You know, you believe it or not, but the the pendulum thing, and I always teach this, I say, okay, uh, you know, this is how a pendulum works, blah, 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 a yes, what is a no, and then I say, but you always remember that you can influence the pendulum, and let me show you that right now, and I'll say, who is, is Ron Colick the most handsome man in the world, and it always says yes. Either I'm the most handsome man in the world, I think not, or I am influencing it. So, yes, you have to have what they, you, I agree, you call that monkey brain, when you divorce yourself from any answers you get. But the other thing you can do is, like you said, is you can do blind answers. And we did this when Maureen and I went and signed our with our book agent in Georgia. We, we were uh, actually asked to help a police case down there, and Maureen did the dowsing, and so she didn't want to influence. us. They were interested in, in uh, a suspect. suspect. Uh, we took uh, cards, we wrote the names on uh, the cards. I think it was six cards, and we turned them face down and, and moved them, uh, you know, we shuffled them and put them, left them face down. And then she went over each one with the pendulum, and sure enough, the guy's name came up, and we did this three times and three times, even though it was in a different position, da-da-da, it came up. So, I mean, stuff like that is intriguing, and, and that's a good way to do it is, is definitely the, the blind test where you just, if you have an answer to your question, is, is write it on an ear and mix it up with a couple of other ones, and uh, you, you'll get, uh, uh, you know, blind test results, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, and I'll always say with, to people, especially if I am working with the Pendulum, You have to ask me a question I don't know the answer to, that I can't even guess the answer to. Mm -hmm. You you know, then to prove to yourself you're getting the right answer, it has to be something I would have no idea what the answer would be. And we've done that to the test. And, you know, we 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 get legitimate answers. And definitely I always say to people anyways, it doesn't matter if it's a message from spirit and you walk away and we have no doubt. I have no doubt. You have no doubt. But you still have to remember you are a living human being. You shouldn't, like a lot of people will say to me, oh, I have a really important life choice I have to make. Will you sit with me or can you read my tarot cards? And I say, no, you can't make an important life choice based on even a living person's opinion. It has to be for
0: yourself. Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, uh, what I understand anyways is the, when you do tarot and you do other methods of reading tea leaves or whatever, um, you are just telling uh, the possible uh, uh, future, and and you can change that uh, if, yeah. if you're aware. That's why people go and get tarot cards. It's not to know their, their future. It's to learn what the possible future is and how to change it uh, to, to their advantage.
1: Yep, and um, no one I don't think has had their tarot cards read more than me, and I always joke and say, I'm going to go till they tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> and it doesn't always happen.
0: <laughs> no, but it's intriguing, and and like I said, I I love doing this stuff, and I love looking at the the spiritual, and as well as the the scientific, and 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 you know, to be honest with you, a lot of the stuff that we call scientific is isn't even close to being scientific. It's it's uh, you know, it's just because we use instruments or something that's we we consider it scientific, but uh, uh, it's. In the reality, it, it isn't. There's no control on it. There's no, uh, uh, there's no good science behind it, let's put it that way. But anyways, I yeah, know we're um, up.
1: Yep, you had ahead. a great visitor in for Spirit Quest in the fall. Um, what was the gentleman's name that was in that was the researcher? He almost, I have to say, like, scared me. I almost wanted to come home and not know anything. I didn't even want to read the paper and hear tomorrow's news or anything. Or well, anyways, th-
0: there's the music. off will have to to that in a minute, Cheryl. Uh, you're listening okay. to time for a break so you're listening to ghost chronicles next generation with ron Kolick, and we'll be right back after the following message right here on toginet parax ghost channel and beyond welcome to toginet radio with a cutting edge feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future then circles of wisdom is just the place for you Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more. Located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more. All in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ryan Kolick and not Anne. She's off in a face painting conference. So she does really good face painting and also she does that henna tattoo and uh, at fair. I actually got one of hers. She did a skull one on me, which was kind of cool. And um uh, so she's there. But I want to, before I do anything, I want to wish uh happy birthday to my partner from Ghost Chronicles International, the gold standard in ghost hunting, uh, Mr. Steve Parson. So happy birthday to you, Steve, out there in Wales. So there you go. But anyway, uh, we are speaking with uh, Cheryl Kennedy. And Cheryl, why don't you give out your website?
1: Um, so my website is always um, in the works. And my son actually just recently gave me some training so I can take it over myself and stop bothering him. The name <laughs> of my website is www.palmervoice.com, And that's P-A-L-M-E-R-B-O-Y-C-E. And the name of it comes from both of my grandmothers um, on both sides, Palmer and Boyce. They both had a really strong connection to spirit. My grandmother, um, Boyce, Had lots of experiences happen growing up as a child in Prince Edward Island. And my grandmother, um, Palmer, she used to use the Ouija board to talk with her husband who had passed away um, very young. And she she would swear to you that she would get lottery numbers and play them and win. She really spent a lot of time on the Ouija board talking to him. She was a good believer.
0: Huh. You know, what's interesting is growing up. I never had any interest in any of this stuff. I mean, I was pretty much scientific routing. I wanted to be an oceanographer. Uh, you know, I went to college and I graduated with four point in uh, environmental science. And uh, the reason I took environmental science because it you know it covered all the, the the sciences: geology, meteorology, and physics and mathematics. And I mean, it's just cool. It Covered them all: chemistry, biology. So. It was cool, and um, you know, I also worked on the uh, lunar excursion module, so you know, uh, my junk's up on the moon. So uh, while I was going through college, so I had that good scientific background, but but just because I I have that doesn't mean I'm not open to the spiritual side as well. I mean. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always look at, like I said, through, through uh, you know, a little skepticism. And uh, I certainly want to experience for myself. I mean, I think that's, uh, if you can believe anybody, you can believe yourself. I guess that's kind of why I, I do it, you know, it, it you, you know. So many mediums I've run into my life, and I say, this, uh, you're a medium. And I say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But until you really show me that you have the, the qualities, I'm always got that little bit of skeptic to it you know and that uh, same thing with marie when i met her i just uh, you know i didn't like whatever but at least i was open-minded enough to say okay is there any validity to what they do and and uh, if there is then you know it's certainly a, a valuable tool so how did you get involved in, in, oh, yeah, oh but one other thing and i and i, I know i'm going off on it but uh the, the interesting thing is my mom died a couple of years ago at age 98, and she was in. She had a heart attack, and she was in the uh, rehab uh, place there. And one night, it was late at night, I was just sitting on the bed with her, and we were chit-chatting and we were talking all about her as a child and everything else. And then she told me a kind of neat thing is that my great-great-grandfather uh, was uh, from Poland, Actually, while well, he was living in Poland, he was he lived in a village, and when the people died in the village, the villagers, the, the people that uh, were associated, would go to him and ask if there were messages. So I found that intriguing. I I would never ever expected that at all. So that's Eugene's. Ah, uh, it must be. <laughs> so.
1: Um, well, for me, as a kid, um, growing up because I went back to Prince Edward Island, where my mom's family was from, we had a lot of experiences. We have an old, old house there that belonged to my great-grandfather, and we had a lot of experiences, bumps and noises and things that went on that you were convinced was a ghost, and there were lots of ghost stories told. So I've always been afraid of ghosts. And it's amazing to think that I sit as a medium, and I see it as two completely different things. I think I said this once when you invited me on the first ghost hunt, and I said, oh, no, I'm a screamer. I would be screaming and running at the drop of anything. <laughs> and it's still true for me. I really? feel the difference is whether I've invited them into my space or they just came into my space. And ah, if they just come that's... into my space and I didn't sit and invite them, I'm fr- I'm afraid and I'm running. Um, even if they're nice, I just don't want them in my space. No nice. uninvited yep. guests. Yep. Um. And then there were just, you know, different things that had happened over time that I kind of acknowledged, but then dismissed things that maybe were like coincidences or, you know, I'd say, oh, I knew that was going to happen. And then I was out hunting for another tarot card reader and I contacted the first spiritual temple and they replied back by email and said, that's not what we do. And they explained what they didn't invited me to go. So God bless my son. I dragged him off with me. And poor kid, I don't know, he was pretty willing to go anywhere. So I dragged him off with me, and we went, and I got a message from my brother. And it was a message from my brother. I didn't know this guy from a hole in the wall, and except for my son sitting next to me who never met my brother because he died when I was 12, nobody knew my brother. But he described him, he described how he died, and then um, shared little stories and things about my family that nobody else could have possibly known. So I knew this was for real. And they mentioned then that they have a development circle and it was starting up the next month. So that was it. I was sold. And I was going to that all the time. And I kept saying when we'd sit in circle and I'd get a message and I'd give it to somebody and they'd acknowledge it and say that it was accurate. I, I, just, I kept saying I'm just in awe. I'm in awe that I can shut my mind up enough to hear what they're saying to me or to feel what they're saying because, again, I'm not a clear audience. And then deliver it to somebody. And I just, I was in awe that it could happen. I'm still in awe that it can, that it works, that it can happen. But I wouldn't tell you that I'm like some mediums. One of the things we were taught is you would never walk up to a person in the grocery store and say, excuse me, I don't know there's a gentleman here that would like to give you a message. He says he's your father. You would never do that because not everybody wants the message. Not everybody needs the message. And not everybody wants, unfortunately, here, as humans, I mean, I do believe that in spirit we let go of things, and there's a lot more forgiveness and love. But there are people who have angered us here that some people don't let go of that, and they don't care to hear from them. They don't care how many "I'm sorry"s they're bringing; they don't want to know.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's interesting too. Cat from the uh, Parallax chat room, she says uh, uh, they're just ghost people are they, they just don't have any bodies anymore but uh, right. that's is that any less the freedom I mean fear them? not fear them because I, I'll tell you I mean I I could definitely fear some of really the crazy people that are out there today I know that so uh, even if they are just people without bodies they are they, certainly not all nice and fuzzy because well, but, a lot
1: excuse of, me even if they're nice and fussy. When I'm at work, if somebody walks into my office and they come in quietly behind me, um, I'll jump and scream because that's really? what I do. <laughs> so um, it's true. I believe, I believe there are more good spirits than there is anyone not good. Um, I really believe that. I have a hard time accepting. Unfortunately, I've never met a spirit that had any ill intent. So I've been fortunate that way. Um, but I know that realistically, there are people here on earth with ill intent, so I'm sure that there must be people in spirit with ill intent.
0: That's yeah, true, too. I mean, uh, once again, Kat says that uh, folks with body have to have more weapons, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we, we don't know we don't know the power of spirit. I mean, that's one thing, you know, we, we try to put it in, and we try to understand it, but we're only understanding it. Is, is our minds can understand it. You know, I, mean, I don't know how many times we've referred to uh, spirit energy. You know, energy that you'll always hear, energy can never be created or destroyed. It just changes form. And, and so, you know, they, they consider uh, spirit as like electrical energy. But, you know, that's not necessarily true. I mean, it, it could be a form of energy that we don't even know or comprehend or understand. It, it's, uh, we can't even measure it. So, I mean, it, that's the, the, the intriguing part about it is, is we know so very little about the other realm and, and what we're really de- dealing with.
1: Right. It's it's true. We know so little about it. And, you know, a lot of people, um, one other thing that I want would like to add, too, is that people will go to visit mediums over and over and over again because perhaps their husband passed away and they're desperate to hear a message that's coming from him. And they can hear from their aunts and they hear from their mother, but they're not getting that message. And they don't understand why and they get upset. I once sat with someone who wasn't getting the message that they wanted. And what Spirit gave to me to give to them was, you need to live in this life. They can't live it for you. Once you let go and live in this life, then you'll be able to connect better but the concern is that some people can't let go of that person that passed away and they have to let go and live in this life
0: right i i agree oh, with you yeah. I agree. and it's like i said it is so so intriguing and uh you also did another event with me you talk about intriguing which was the cigarette the Victorian cigarette garden séance do you remember that yes.
1: I so That was kind of cool. Inside wasn't big, it? What kind of a bush is that? Is it a um, Was it a um? Magnolia bush?
0: Uh, rhododendron.
1: Well, yes, rhododendron. That was, huge. So much it
0: was fun. A, it was a tree, virtually. I mean, how many people did we have in that 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 uh, under that bush?
1: I think there had to be forty people. There were a lot of people.
0: It was inside. a lot. Of, we had chairs all in a circle underneath this this huge plant. Uh, it was absolutely awesome.
1: Yep, that was awesome, and we got some good messages. And then the other nice thing was, um, you know, that afterwards we had tea and um, cookies and what have you, and everybody got a chance to kind of talk and get to know each other and exchange information. The matter that's of fact, true. it just reminded me there was a woman I met there, and I keep thinking, how did I meet that lady? And that's where I met her.
0: See, yeah. So, anyways, that's right. we'll get, we have to we have to take a short break now. We we have to play uh, a brand new. Uh, Beyond Bazaar for my favorite uh, lady, Vala I love that name, Vala Ventura. So yeah. anyways, here you go, Beyond Bazaar. Lord of the Ring. More than
1: one year after his wedding ring fell from his finger into the sea, a New Zealand man recovered the symbol of his love. When it slipped from his finger and sank to the bottom of the sea, Alakai Tamiope, who had been married only three months, did not lose all hope. He roughly marked the spot and pledged that he would find it. Using satellite coordinates and a prayer, he arranged to dive back in the spot where he believed it had disappeared. After searching for about an hour, and a year, he spotted the ring shining through the waters. A fun little fact from Barla Ventura's Beyond Bazaar.
0: my my class ring uh, a month after uh, uh, I I received it, lost it in the water, and then my wedding ring a month after I got married, I was in the water again, and I lost that as well.
1: And you never found either?
0: No, never found either. Never Hmm. found either. Uh, Eventually, on my 12th anniversary, uh, I retook my vows and got another wedding ring, but uh, when I had heart surgery they had her cut her off my finger and after that i was say goodbye to it so there you go never get another one
1: there you go and the marriage carries on
0: In 43 years yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's nice
0: <laughs> yeah uh so yeah I, I mean i find this this intriguing so what what do you have coming up do you have any uh classes or anything
1: i have nothing coming up right now um Unfortunately, in February, I'm going to have um, surgery for hernia repair. so oh, I Yeah. It's my third time, same hernia, third time. Maybe this time it'll be right. But okay. um, they, they're proposing a longer recovery period, so that maybe this will be my last time. So I'm not going to do anything for a couple of months, but then after that, I'm thinking um, we'll do some more table tipping at Circles of Wisdom, and I do private parties at people's houses. I have tables I bring with me. Um, but other than that, I have nothing planned, nothing planned coming up.
0: So well, let's talk a little bit about table tipping. And uh, you, that seems to be your forte. I mean, I think you really like it. and, and I love it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, how do you select your tables and, and what, what type of tables are we talking about?
1: So um, the easiest table to work with is the pie crust table. And there's a few things to, to consider. The pie crust table is almost like an occasional or end table it's a three-legged table um round and it just um i'm not uh, i don't know what word i want to use but it it's easier to tip for you or for me it it doesn't weigh a lot it's on three legs so it tips easier so it's easier to manipulate it that said i have seen tables that weighed you know a few hundred pounds tip as well but Mm -hmm. if you go into somebody's house you're not sitting in a development circle You don't have as many hours or days or weeks to sit to develop. So you want a table that's going to give somebody results quicker. So that's one of the reasons I believe we go with the pie crust table, because it is lighter, it's easier for the spirit to manipulate it, and usually you get results within the first few minutes of opening the circle. And um, I have bought them. I have um, great stories. One, I picked up in the trash on the side of the road, and it works wonderful.
0: I've been looking for one of those for so long.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, and that's a nice, it has a tilt top. It's not even really, really old, but it works wonderful. One that I have, I bought from a gentleman on Craigslist, and I called or I sent an email asking, he was probably about 150 miles from me, and asked if there was any chance that maybe he worked somewhere halfway in between and I could meet him somewhere. But nope, he didn't. He was never in this area. And I just thought I'm not driving 150 miles for a table. <laughs> and so, about a half an hour later, he sends me back an email. He said, "You're not going to believe it, but I have to go to Woburn. Is that anywhere near you? Could you meet me there?" And I worked right. I worked a half a mile away from where he was going. Oh my
0: gosh, that was meant so. To
1: I, be. I've always believed that table was meant to be for me. Mm. And then another one I bought at um, a thrift store. I walked into a thrift store and. I was there looking at one table, and this other table kept kind of drawing my attention, so I bought that one instead. Huh. Yeah, and, um, but I can tell you that one night, like at um, Circles of Wisdom, we were having a mediumship development group, and only one other person had showed up, so that girl and I sat down at a, with a stool. It was just a wooden, like, bar stool, four-legged bar stool, and we tipped away that night. We had a great uh, time yeah. tipping. So it doesn't have to be a three-legged round table.
0: No, it doesn't. I mean, when we went to Wood Island, I mean, not Wood Island, uh, Rose Island Lighthouse, and uh, I had only done table tipping, I think that was my second time that night. And uh, Teresa Lolly was my first time, and then uh, uh, that night there I decided to try it and went on an investigation. And it, we went to, it was a huge... You know, four-inch thick oak table, double pedestal. Uh, you know, I was the only one that had done turn previously, and there were skeptics on board, and there was seven of us. And that table was, uh, I have video of it, and it's freaking awesome. its uh, We had it rocking and rolling and twirling, and, and, and this is a huge, heavy table and uh, it jumping off the ground, which was, was absolutely amazing. I and mean, we're talking about people with their hands on top of the table and their knees not even couldn't even get close because this table was so high above uh, their knees. They would, you know, it'd be obvious that they were doing that. And like I said, we, we actually videotaped it so uh, we could see it. So it was, it was kind of cool. And uh, I, I never thought that would happen, but the, to me, that was one of the most, uh, Interesting thing. Now, one of the things, and, and I do have to say that, that I hate about table tipping, is that when they spell out stuff, and that is, oh, so boring. It <laughs> is. A, B, <laughs> e, C, D, E, F, G, goes on and on. And uh, oh, that, that's the only thing I don't like about table tipping. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's certainly interesting. The, the first time I did it was with Teresa Lawley. In fact, I broke her table on her, unfortunately. I'm so I, I still feel bad about that today.
1: Oh. But, I think I heard that, that you broke mm, that table. I think I heard yeah, that
0: story. That was a <laughs> good story. Uh, I mean, that was a good table, so I, I felt really bad about it. Uh, so I owe her on that one. Yeah. But
1: any, um, anyway... I think, you know, they do have to tap it out, and it is a slow process. But if somebody is sitting and ta- and you don't have to be a medium to table tip. Anybody sitting out there can table tip. My only piece of advice is always open with a prayer, whether your prayer is to God, to an angel, or just to the, the powers that are greater than yourself. Open it with the intent for only that that is good, because you always want to have that, that bit of protection. Your own spirit is going to protect you, but you want to make sure you put out, you're only inviting that that's for the greater good. You're not opening it up to anybody. But when you do this, um, oh, I just lost my whole train of thought. Oh, and they're tapping something out. If they tap, if the message is coming along and they start to tap out L and then O, give them a break and say, are you spelling love? It's okay if (laughs) you help out. You know, I mean, yeah. those are common words, common things you're going to see spelled, because they can use that energy to give you the next word. So, you know, it's okay to help them out a little bit.
0: Right. So if if you ask that question, all right, is it love, and how would they respond?
1: They would tip yes, to tell you yes.
0: So whatever yes is, maybe once, maybe right. twice.
1: Yeah, and that's yeah, probably okay. a good thing to do to determine in the um, beginning what yes is. Yes is typically would be, uh, if the spirit was there, um, with a message from me, and they wanted to say yes to that question, they would typically tip in towards me to say yes.
0: Oh, I see. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, But it's certainly, uh, uh, I'm so glad that I have met you. Like I said, the, the one thing I do like about it is you're very grounded. But So how did you go from, you know, your, your background and I'm the and then actually you know, getting involved in teaching people. Is that a bigger step than just doing it?
1: It is a bigger step, yeah, because, um, you know, it's kind of hard. Some people learn faster. Some people want to just run with it. And it's really hard to pull them back and say, yeah, no, come on back here. And, again, I was taught that very strict way. So I had to learn to lighten up a little bit because what I've learned since not being at the First Spiritual Temple and going to many different circles, everybody does it and works with spirit a little bit different. My way might be right for me, but it may not be right for somebody else. And the important thing is that that person had that experience with spirit, whether it was my way or their way, that they walked away knowing, believing that they just had a communication. That's the important thing. But um, the thing that pushed me into doing that was that they stopped having circles at the first spiritual temple. And I went a couple of years of not going to any, you know, any circles. Mm-hmm. And my friend and I kept saying, we have to start a circle, we have to do something. And somehow um, I got to talking with Kathy at Circles of Wisdom, and that's how I ended up there.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I guess I'm glad you. Uh, Nate from the chat room, told you in the chat room, says uh, open and close with the protection prayer. Yeah, yeah, whatever you're comfortable yeah. with, uh, it's,
1: it's good. for right, me, I pray to God, but some people yeah. don't, you know, don't worship no. the same way, so that's okay.
0: Exactly. You know, I mean, some people, like, you know, go with the white light and all like that, and that absolutely drives me nuts, but uh, that's what it is. That's what they like. I mean, it works for them fine, uh, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's whatever floats your boat, basically, the way I yeah. look at it. Whatever works for you, uh, that, it's important. Um, so there you go with that. All right, uh, so if you're going to be going in for surgery, it looks like uh, we won't be setting up any red light seances then, huh?
1: Um, well, um, I would say I wouldn't be available the month of February, but, um, or I could be available towards the end of the month to start that, so mm-hmm. we should start talking about that. And I have a few people that would be interested, but really? I'm sure that somebody would give me a drive.
0: Oh, that's that's excellent. And yeah. And what we're talking about is is, is is for those who don't know what a red light science is, do you want to give a, a brief description of it?
1: Yep, um, there is there's something with a red light that helps to draw the energy in for physical development more so than white light or um, just sitting in a dim light. There's something about the red, draws the energy. I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know if you know what that is, Ron, but red light is what seems to draw the energy.
0: So um, we
1: would sit What's that.
0: It's, it's interesting because when I started first working with uh, uh, the, Brian the monk, was a Franciscan monk, and he used to do infrared photography, and that's more that range uh, where the spirit seems to be easier to photograph uh, than, than normal. So I, I don't know what the relationship is, but it has something to do with the the wavelength, I would believe. I'm just guessing, of course, this is not, you know, absolute truth.
1: Right. So, and I yeah. don't know either. I just know that for some reason it works. So yeah. we would want to sit in a circle where our intent is to have physical... Um, well, manifestations would be wonderful, but I don't know that that would happen too soon. But we could have a trumpet, and the, um, the spirit would be able to use the energy within the circle to make that trumpet move. And when we say trumpet, we don't mean trumpet that you see in a band. It's sort of a um, cylinder Like a hearing of,
0: trumpet.
1: It's a, what do you call that?
0: A hearing trumpet.
1: A hearing trumpet. So it's kind of like um, a cone made out of uh, right. sheet metal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's you, something uh, that's yeah, lightweight you watch for it. them to move.
0: Yeah, if you watch The Simpsons, they they mock it every so often on The Simpsons. Oh,
1: I didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) Um, So that's what what the red light circle would be. And the real intent would be for physical mediumship, so there'd be no delivering of messages from loved ones, and we'd have to sit being patient. Because I know that I've heard it can take a long time sitting in the circle before anything happens. But once things start to happen, it pretty much takes off.
0: It, that's the interesting thing and I, and I didn't know that myself is that yeah uh I was asked the documentary one for the spiritualist church and oh my gosh that's the doorbell which means pizza from the dead so we got to wrap it up so but uh they they said they have to meet as a group f- for quite a while until they can start you know get the activity going it, it actually has to you know uh I don't know if it's the the to you know the to work with reports, with the spirit to make them uh, do this physical mediumships. But it's interesting. I, I know uh, I just saw Te- Reverend Tims in the uh, chat room, and uh, he would know all about this stuff. In fact, I know he has a trumpet, so uh, it's too bad uh, we didn't have him in here a little bit. That would have been interesting. Uh, but anyways, uh, speaking about that, uh, this fall in September, uh, Spirit Quest, uh, again, uh, this time – Uh, Steve Parson from the UK is coming back and also uh, Stephen Scott who's a spiritualist medium from Scotland and uh, so we're going to look at, it's called uh, Genesis and and it's the beginning, the beginning of ghost hunting and the beginning of uh, the spiritualist church and how they conflicted at times and yet they're both looking for the same results and, and, and searching for the same goals and and so we're going to look at that uh, through spirit quests, through the spiritualist mm. church, and the early ghost hunting of the Victorian age, and so forth. So it's it, it's going to be a unique experience. And and one of the things we'll be doing is uh, physical mediumship. There'll be a, a lot of that. There'll be workshops and other things as well. So um, when is I'm that
1: going to be? October?
0: That's in September this year. It's I believe the nineteenth to the twenty-first. So, uh, okay. yeah. So, that, that looks really good. So, anyway, Cheryl, it's time to wrap it up, and I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. It was good speaking with you again. I haven't uh, spoken with you for a while. And anything you'd like to add?
1: Um, no, that would be about it. Um, I just hope everybody makes it a positive experience when they're working with spirit.
0: Okay, there you go. So, Cheryl, thank you so much, and uh, peace of light and all that cool stuff.
1: Great, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye.
0: So anyways, that's our show. Uh, tune in next week when Ian will be back. And uh, from myself here at Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, good night and God bless and happy new year, everyone. goalies to ghosties, long leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good lord.
1: Have you been